Welcome to the original and the best Power Hour with Alex Burr and Dylan Hughes, members and podcast of the Running Hook Podcast Network. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Running Hooks Basketball Power Hour. I'm Alex Burr, joined once again by my great friend and wonderful co-host, J.D. Hall. J.D., we're here to talk about three, two, one really good team and two not-so-great teams. But first, I need to know, on a weekend like March Madness, what is your go-to, like, party food, like, you know, or like a Super Bowl? What's your go-to, like, food at a party like that? Um, Pizza and wings. Already know. You can't ever go wrong. Okay. Favorite kind of pizza? Favorite pizza? Favorite pizza topping? And favorite uh, kind of wings? Um, for me personally, um, I like grilled chicken and pineapples on my pizza. It be it be hand. And then wings, uh, honey barbecue or spicy honey chipotle. Those bang. Yeah, I'm all, I always favorite <laughs> honey barbecue, classic. Um, garlic parmesan, one of my all time favorites. Yeah. Um, as for pizza topping, can never, ever, ever. I, I know, I don't think you eat red meat, right? Nah, I don't. But you, before you, before you, when you used to, you would agree with this. You can never, ever go wrong with pepperoni. When you used to eat it. So. I always like the sausage more. Still, JD, pepperoni, always a crowd pleaser. Yeah, yeah it is. Them? It is. I just, I don't know. I never really. It was cool. Obviously, I ate it, but I never been big. I <sighs> didn't realize you were such a hater. Um. So I don't think there's any huge injury news to discuss. We don't need to talk about Lonzo for what feels like the fourth show in a row. Um, I'm over. I'm over so right now. And I don't. There wasn't really any other major injury news from this week. So I think we could just get right. Oh, okay. John Morant. Um, I guess we have to update that situation too, but this will be the last time we talk about this. Um, so he went to his treatment for a week, came back. The NBA suspended him retroactively. Um, they suspended him for the six games he missed and then suspended him extra two games. He's eligible. To, he was eligible to come back Monday. Um, more than in all likelihood, he'll be back the the night that we really des- release this episode Wednesday night. JD, um, now that we have, now that I think the saga has concluded, I think he missed more time than Kyrie did. I think Kyrie missed about six games. Ja missed eight games, and nine games if you include the extra rest game. Yeah. Um, the conditioning game. Yes. How are we feeling 
you had very strong feelings going into the John Morant situation. All right. How are we feeling on the other side of this? Um, I'm, I'm just curious to see uh, how he progresses going forward. I really, I think it's still too early. I think, I think he's, um, obviously was anxious to get back, but it's still too early to see, like, maybe he gonna move a little smarter, but we don't know yet. I'd rather give it a couple weeks to a month to really give an evaluation on it. I think it's too early. Fair enough. JD, all is the measured and smart opinions. I mean, I think Silver probably wanted to put his foot down. I think Silver couldn't find anything to put his... It wasn't his gun. I don't think they could find any evidence it was on the team plane or in the locker room. Yeah. And if they could find evidence of that, they would have probably suspended him for conduct detrimental. Yeah. Probably would have been, what, 25 games? At least. And then, you know, did you see today that they just asked him in um, his interview, do he have a drinking problem? I mean, it see. Listen, it seems to my untrained eye that that would be the reason why he went down to therapy. I I don't know, but it seems to me like I wouldn't think that. I think they just. I think that's just something to start uh, a conversation. Honestly, everybody drink. Uh, it don't necessarily mean he got a drinking problem because he made a bad decision. Just because we see him drinking don't mean that's all he do, you know? Fair fair enough. I'm not saying he does have a drinking problem because obviously I don't know. Um, but, and I, I should have phrased that differently. So, Ja, if you're listening, I apologize. But it seems to me like the reason why he went to the facility in the first place is because, you know, he's using the substances to help cope with the stress. And yeah. I don't know what, what kind of facility he went to in the first place. We, we, I have so many questions about this that I yeah. don't think I'll ever, I don't think I'll ever have the answers to. So it's kind of, I guess, running in sand a little bit, trying to figure out what is going to happen with this. But I'd still like the answers. You know, and I think the people, I don't know if deserves the right word, but people are going to want the answers, JD. Yeah, of course. I just, I don't know. If this is, uh, if it is like something with the mental health, I hope you don't because you don't trust stuff like that. Like, for sure. Speaking on that. So I think if it's really, serious on the mental health side. I hope he don't give my one answer because we don't we don't know as great as a performer he is. What if he struggle with anxiety? You know, like we don't know. I don't know. I think I think it's better off not knowing with certain in this situation because it could it could Make him fall into a depression or 
you know what I'm saying? Like we really, it's a, I think it's a good thing we don't know because I don't think certain things need to be public when it's dealing with the mental health. Fair enough. I, I, I guess I don't really have anything to add to what you just said. It's a good point by you. Um, so I guess I'll just move on um, to the jazz, right? I think we should probably start with the jazz. Yeah, I like that. Okay. So the jazz are 35 and 36. Good for 10th in the Western Conference, JD. Um, Norm, I'm sure you guys have noticed sometimes I'll monologue one of these teams or, you know, I'll have someone else to talk about one of these teams. JD is probably going to have to talk about one of these teams come the playoff time. <laughs> this isn't one of those teams that JD can just ignore. <laughs> Neither of these teams. He might be able to ignore the Wizards or the Jazz, but he's not going to be able to ignore both of them. One of them more than likely is going to make the play-in game. Last five for the Jazz. So we got beat the Magic 131-124, beat the Hornets 119-111, Beat the Heat or lost the Heat 119 115, then beat the Celtics 118 117. I made JD watch the ending of that game right before we right before we got on, and it was one of the dumbest plays anyone's ever drawn up. The stupidest play I've ever seen. It was having Grant Williams, who what is I think six six on a good day, drive right at Walker Kessler. I mean, listen, anytime you can do that, you gotta do it, right? So, thank God for mozzarella sticks, right? (laughs) And then they beat the Kings last night, one twenty-eight to one twenty. Um, this has been a pretty good stretch for the Jazz. I mean, the last two, the first two teams were, you know, the Magic and the Hornets. The Magic, I think, have given up on their season. Safe to say, and the Hornets, you know, are the Hornets. Um, but I watched that Hornets game and the Hornets were trying, you know, it wasn't for like lack of trying. It's just, you know, the jazz are a better team than they are at this point. So let me ask you this. Did you think you would be talking about the jazz on this show again after the trade deadline? I was hoping not to. Uh, (laughs) I was upset. They didn't get rid of, um, Jordan Clarkson and the fact they've been winning without him, that's that's honestly been very impressive because we know what he means to that team, especially on the offensive end. Because let's be honest, he don't play defense. Um. So yeah, it's a it's a bit of a shock. It's a bit of a shock to me, but I mean, with how they started the season. We can say we saw some talent there from a bunch of guys. Just didn't think after the trade deadline, it would hold up. Everybody was playing to build their stock. And now the fact they still um, even competing is impressive. Yeah, seven and seven since the trade deadline, JD. Um, they're rolling out at point guard. I don't know if you noticed who they're rolling out at point guard. Um, Taylor Horton Tucker, who I don't think is doing a terrible job. He not. I just don't like him. He he's like a bowling ball, right? And he you can't. He's like a herky jerky bowling ball. 
You can't really stop him. He's not a terrible passer. Nah, he never um, was. I didn't think he was this good of a passer, though. Like, when he was in L.A., I wouldn't have seen this coming. Right now, it's March. I'm about Again. to say A.B. in L.A., nobody plays to their uh, match potential. Especially when um, LeBron and Russ were going to be dominating that basketball. But... JD, he killed the Hornets that game I was talking about. I think he had 37, 7, and 10. Right. Just absolutely destroyed them. Um, Chris Dunn on this team now. I love it. I, I love I was just watching a video about how he how he went from being somebody we was considering a bust to doing what he's doing. I like that. Right. Um you brought up Clarkson not playing. My guy, Colin Sexton, also not playing. Right. Very sad about that. Um, free Colin Sexton. He deserves better than this. <laughs> um, I What's impressing me about the Jazz, J.D., I, I think they're one of the best coach teams in the NBA already. Um, Will Hardy's an amazing coach. They shouldn't be this good. Walker Kessler is... Already half as good as Rudy Gobert. Maybe <laughs> are they this good or our teams just hurt? I I'd say a little bit of A, a little bit of B, but they're you can't say they're bad. They're not bad. Or they're better than they should be. And that think, part of that is coaching. Yeah, I think he's a good coach. He put them in good situations. I don't think the talent uh Overall, when you look at other rosters, they match up well. But I think a big part is due to injuries, and he's just capitalizing. But as a coach, that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah, I mean, if you again, we were talking about it when we were talking about most improved player. If you told me coming into the season that Lowry Marketing would be averaging 25 points a game on 50% shooting on 17 shots a game, I would have laughed at you. Just straight up, I would have laughed at you. I mean, if you told me Jordan Clarkson would be averaging 20 and five or 21 and five, basically, I would have laughed at you. I mean, if you told me this team wouldn't have sunk without Mike Conley, when they had Mike Conley and he wasn't playing, they were awful. But now he's gone and they're fine. It's actually kind of remarkable to see like how they've been without him because Mike Conley, right, was like a safety net. You know, oh, we have the veteran point guard. He's going to save us when he's here. But now he's gone. And they have all this. They have a lot of young talent. And it's interesting to see. Like, I like Ajabi, you know, the kid from. Oh, Kansas. you know, you know, that was my, you know, I loved him coming into uh, the league. Yeah. He's, I, I hated that Cleveland traded him. I understand why they did. But man, could you imagine him playing in that Okoro spot? That that remember that's what I was saying the entire time. I mean, Rudy Gay's even showing signs of life, JD. I mean, I like I don't know, man. So I'm let's a fan of Rudy. So of course I like that. We agree. The only Rudy I ever compliment. <laughs> let's let's take a look at the standings, shall we? Um, the standings are going to be important this time of year, naturally. Um. The Jazz are the 10th seed. So behind them are the Lakers at 35 and 37. 
they'll probably pass them at some point. The they Pelicans should. at 30, the Pelicans at 34 and 37. The Blazers are probably out of it. Blazers are 31 and 40, yeah, which they, by the way, they cooked. can we just talk about for a second? They've wasted an all time Dame season. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. I refuse. I'm not putting that on them. Maybe uh, I'm not doing it. Mm-mm. I I can't be mad at Dame though. We'll, we we'll have to have like a full fleshed out Dame discussion sometime. But man, you just just do me like do me a solid. Will you agree that Dame is having the best season of his career? Um. Yeah. Sure. Will you uh, agree that the Blazers roster sucks? They always suck. All right. I guess. Will you agree that they're not? They have no shot at the play-in now. Absolutely. I never okay. thought they would make the playoffs. Well, not even the playoffs. They're four games behind the Jazz right now. Three games behind yeah. the Pelicans. I thought they'd make the play in, but I never thought they'd make the playoffs, which is why I've been... I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Stop baiting me, AB. So they're they're done, okay? Um, Who knows when Zion's coming back at this point? Never. It's not looking good for him. Um, who knows when LeBron's coming back, but even with LeBron out, they've still been a lot better than they were before the deadline. So really, my question is, JD, between these four teams, okay, I, I think we agree. The Mavs probably aren't in any danger of falling out, right? We, we The Mavs are safe. Yeah, they're the top it. seven. Yeah, they definitely good. Okay. So rank these teams one through four. One being the team that's going to make it, like, most likely to make the play-in. Four being the team that's out. I'd be surprised if Utah isn't four. Which of these four teams will make the play-in, okay? Because we'll even throw, we'll do one through five. We'll throw the Pelicans in there, okay? Because the Pelicans aren't out of it by any means. Minnesota, with Anthony Edwards being hobbled, okay? Oklahoma City. Utah, the Lakers and Pelicans rank those one through five. Most likely to make the play until least likely. Uh, all right. Say the teams. You got to go slower. Okay. So Minnesota. Okay. Oklahoma City. Okay. Utah. Right. The Lakers. Okay. And the Pelicans. Okay. Give me. I hate to put them first, but give me the Lakers first. They got the best player. Okay. Um. Ah, uh, jeez. Uh. Next, give me. Utah, because I don't know how or when Anthony Edwards will be back. Um, he twisted his ankle pretty bad, and that's not good. Yeah, I watched it. It was it was it was pretty ugly. He's listed day to day right now, which is why I didn't want to talk about it. But yeah, and Carl Anthony Towns might come back tomorrow, but we know that's like him and Rudy didn't work out. So like we just gotta wait, wait and see. 
Um, then give me okay. See, wow. Um, so I mean, they compete. They actually compete. I like, I like their competitive spirit. I'm actually watching their game tonight, <laughs> but we both know why. And then Pelicans. And then wow! So the Wolves are last. Yeah, only because Anthony Edwards. That that question. If he was healthy, I have an entire entirely different list. But the fact that he's hurt and may miss time, I don't want to put them high because honestly, they suck without him. Well, yeah. Give. I gotta say this. Thank you, Kyle Anderson. I love Kyle Anderson, and he been doing Slow-mo. his thing. Him when uh I like when him and Ant shut up ball handling duties. It's very um uh, I don't know. It, it's it's what I like. I like watching Kyle Anderson handle the ball. He made the right decision, he made good plays. He he's he's a vet's vet. You're really buying into the spirit of the power hour if you're giving Kyle Anderson random shout outs. I mean I, I'm proud I'm proud of you. You know where you know where he used to play, so I gotta love him. That's right, but you know Kyle Anderson's also a power hour all star. I don't think there's any doubt about that. So it's I I can't disagree with your list. Going back to that, because the ant injury and also like you said, the cat coming back element are throwing two giant monkey wrenches in what's been Ant salvaged the Minnesota season. Oh, man. He did. The, and the, the stretcher run, he went on insane. I don't think we're off. I don't think I'm off base saying that. He turned that season around. Um, He... Him and Nasri. Him, Nasri, and Kyle Anderson. Also, um, Rudy playing like half of what he did in Utah. Like, finally. But then, you know, if Ant's out, who's going to be the scorer on that team, right? The Pelicans, like like we talked about a couple weeks ago, the worst offense in the league, bar none. I don't think it's close. They're terrible. And without Zion, they can't get anything towards the rim, right? Like, they're all mid-range. Which was fine when Herb Jones was knocking down shots and when Trey Murphy was hitting shots. Trey Murphy was hitting shots this year. (laughs) What happened? I don't understand. Like, Mm, I don't get it. Having to play more defense, uh, I don't know. I don't understand what happened because Herb Jones... His form looks exactly the same this year. It does. He just can't shoot worth a lick. Um, I so those two are probably outside looking in, like you said. Um, the Lakers. 
Austin Reeves, if he if he keeps playing like Prime Harden, you know they might not be beatable. Man, that'll die out soon. He's getting every call though. What did he have? Nineteen free throw attempts against Orlando or something? Hey, mark my words, it's gonna die out soon. He's good though. He's good. He's not this good, but he's good. Yeah. He's and eighty, like you said, best player out of this group. Um, I think actually, him or SGA. Um, I'm taking AD. I think but it's close. SGA is animal. You know, I how, think you could. You know how how I've been on SGA. You could talk me into either one at this point. I mean, SGA is dragging the Thunder to the play-in. <laughs> you let him play for a full year, and I'm finally like, not a crazy person. We're talking about how good he is. Um, he just can't stay healthy, man. No, and he's still hurt, and everyone's like, why are they sitting him on back-to-backs? If they were bad this year, he'd actually be, he'd probably be out right now <laughs> if they weren't going for the play-in so hard. Which... All, like you have to give them credit, they turned it around faster than some of these other teams that have been rebuilding longer than they have. <laughs> Rockets. Um, did I say that? Uh, it's back to the Jazz. I think their offense gives them like a baseline of competence, where it's like, okay, we're gonna score a lot of points, and Walker Kessler is good enough at the rim. And our guys are good enough on the wings. They're not great. We're going to have like a t- the 20th best defense. But we can get enough stops where our offense is going to make up for the slack. And I think that'll be enough to push them over the edge. Does this team make the play in last year? <laughs> no, probably. Well, this year's Jazz or last year's Spurs? That's just Spurs. DeJounte just pushes them over the edge. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's my main reason. Still, I I think on the whole, the Jazz are probably a better team, but DeJounte is a better player, which, you know, makes more of a difference. Um, <laughs> I think Hardy should be on the shortlist for Coach of the Year. I think it should be Brown 1. Hardy in the top three, whatever your lists are. Um, he should be getting real consideration. Like what he's done with this group. And he's had like what three different starting lineups at this point? Like he's had three a lot diff- of different lineups. Yes, but like three different like core groups. Like, you know, Lowry's been the only consistent at this point. Yeah, of course. So that's, I think, my contention, too. Like, he's done a lot with a lot of changing parts, and they've been consistent the whole year. This team is going to go 41 and 41 more than likely. Probably not 41 and 41, but 40 and 42, 42 and 40. You could see it going either way. I think this team deserves a lot of credit. (laughs) You know it would be hilarious? Just to close off the jazz section. If the Wolves ended up missing the play-in and the Jazz got the first pick from the Minnesota Timberwolves and selected Victor Wembanyama, that would be hilarious. 
where the Wolves gave away another draft, another high draft pick because of a dumb boneheaded trade. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Um, JD, are you ready to move on to everyone's favorite team in Washington, D.C.? Um, I wouldn't say I'm ready to, but I'm ready to. No one on the Power Hour has ever been ready to talk about the Wizards, but at some point, the time to talk about the Wizards must come, and that time is now. So the Wizards are 32-39, and 39, good for 11th in the Eastern Conference, fighting for the play-in race with the Raptors and your Bulls. Um, they play. Do they play the Bulls? No, I think they're done playing the Bulls this year. Um, last five for the Wizards. Lost to the Hawks, one hundred seven, one fourteen. Lost to the Sixers, ninety three to one twelve. Beat the Pistons, one seventeen to ninety seven. Lost to the Cavaliers, one seventeen to ninety four. Lost to the Kings, one thirty two to one eighteen. Um, by my count. They've lost nine of their last 11, or let's just do eight of their last 10. And the only two games they've won were against the Pistons. Um, JD, it's not a good time. It's never really a good time to be a Wizards fan, but especially not now. I mean, it's the Wizards. When is when do you ever actually meet a fan of the Wizards? Um, I don't think I ever have. Me either. But I think we got to talk about the $250 million no trade clause elephant in the room. Um, can we talk about how Bradley Beal hasn't been great this year, JD? Man, injuries. I blame injuries and the inconsistencies. Uh, for his inconsistencies, honestly. So, this times he go on a stretch, and then it's other times where it's like, come on, Brad. What was that? I just don't understand. This is, this is my question for you, okay? How can you go from leading the league in scoring? Was it two years in a row? Not just one. Just one? He was really close in 21, right? I think he was like a couple of points away. Um, He was at 31 points a game. He's the last few years has been insane numbers for Bradley Beal, right? So 30. So actually, no, <laughs> sorry. Last year he was at 23 as well. So 31.3 in 2021, 30.5 in 2019, 20, 26 a game in 2018-19. Um, the last two years have been 23.2, 23.3. He's only played 89 games combined the last two years. Obviously, there's he's can play more games this year. I don't know how you could justify giving that guy that much money. And I'm not usually like the contract guy. But Brad's a great shot creator, right? I would say one of the best guard shot creators in the league. What else does he do to help you win? Hey, B. Don't make me turn into that guy. 
enlighten me. No, just let's have a friendly discussion here. We don't. This doesn't have to turn ugly. Oh, uh, it's already ugly because I thought of somebody who' about to be getting paid more money than him to pretty much accomplish the same thing as him, which is virtually nothing. Don't say the guy who I think you're going to say. Oh, I'm going to say it. Is it a guy in the Western Conference? Yes. Is it a guard? Is it a point guard who has a lot of um, watch commercials? Uh, I think it is that guy. We mentioned him earlier. I'm sorry. That two year for what was it? Let me see. 120. Yes, bro. Two years for 120. Bro. I'm I'm sorry. For what? For what? You're not even making a playoffs. It's for loyalty now, AB. They getting paid for being loyal to teams. So I... So I, I I guess you I guess he he deserves it. He's a loyal guy. I I'll say this in Dame's defense. Okay. Get paid because for yes, it's gonna be a bad contract, especially since that's gonna hit when he's like in his late thirties. It's um, bad. It's bad now. He can't get you to the playoffs. You have a vendetta against you're the only person who hates Dame Lillard. It's actually crazy. I don't, I don't hate him. I just think he make terrible decisions. Like staying in Portland. I think the difference between Dame and Brad Beal. Okay. I'm not talking Both. about as players. Let me let me let me okay. make that very clear. I'm not talking about as players. If you're talking about the decisions of their contracts, then yes, the contracts are this the same rationale, just coded. Brad was honest about why he took the money. You know, he's like, he's he went the Carmelo route where he was kind of honest about it, which I can respect. You know, but then also, JD, I can't help but feel that Brad's going to demand a trade sometimes. He like, should. Please don't be. Don't Damian get the no, don't get the no trade clause and then be like, oh, ha ha. I actually want the trade. Oh, I, I, I feel I, like th- I love that. Make them pay. They got rid of John Wall. Um, they got rid of Westbrook. Um, they sold on the. They sold at the right time on Westbrook. <laughs> yeah, don't act Westbrook, like they did. Westbrook. Westbrook was fab for them. Um, I'm be honest. We're every, not talking about every, how good Russ has been, but we we don't every, have to act like they. Listen, they made the wrong choice trading Russ. Every point guard that he's had, that he was at his best with, they got rid of. So, screw them. Get the money and go. Don't be Damian Leonard and talk about being. Oh, they're gonna hate if I bring Green to Washington, bro. Don't even, don't even sit here and say that because we know damn well that's not gonna happen. So get your money and go. Don't be a fool. You, you're crazy. <laughs> That's one of the funniest things I've ever heard. I'm for real. Like, no, I know you're being for real, which is why it's hilarious. Like, I can't um, believe Damian Lillard said they're going to hate if I bring Arena Portland. You know, damn well, you will never bring Arena Portland. <laughs> like, come on now. With, with what roster? So, hey, uh, 
as far as contracts go, everybody getting a bad contract nowadays. Some's just worse than others. Like, okay. Like, I'm sorry. Like, at least Jokic is a threat year in and year out in the Western Conference. Like, come on now. We could justify him getting paid a lot better than we can. Dang. Jokic getting better every year. To bring it back to Beal, though. Okay. Yeah, and to bring it that. back to the to bring it back to the on court stuff. Okay, you would agree that the last two years he's taken a precipitous fall off. Like it's not been pretty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. And I hate to see his shooting now. I used to love to watch him shoot. Ah, it's kind of nerve wracking now because nothing looks pure anymore. What's crazy is this is probably his best three point shooting season since I don't know it's, when. It's been a while. I just hate to see it. This is his best shooting season since Wall's last healthy year. So virtually forever ago. Right, like six years ago, almost. 2017-18. And, but it doesn't look that way, right? And I think part of it is that he's sharing responsibilities with Kuzma and Porzingis. Um, Kuzma's averaging more shots a game than he is. And by the way... But part well, of that I, been Bradley Beal being up. Right. Oh, you're not wrong there. But I, I think also Kuzma's looked when Kuzma's on, he's looked really good. Yeah. Like Porzingis too, though. Oh, for sure. I think Porzingis low key has been a lot of nights their best player. Like a lot of nights where I catch the Wizards, I'm like, wow, Porzingis looks great. And this year he's been I'd, I'm not going to say he's as good as he was his all-star season, right? I don't think he's ever going to be that good again. I think this is as good as Chris Stapps can be, JD, without, like, without reaching that level again, if that makes sense. Okay, I see that. Like, he's blocking shots. He's averaging one and a half blocks a game. He's making threes. He's making two threes. He's making... 37.5% of his threes on five and a half threes a game. And he's playing most of his minutes at center. Yeah. And like he he's doing everything. He haven't looked weak doing it. That's what I've been right. liking the most. He's looked pretty physically imposing down there, actually, I would say. I just feel like Porzingis GD has been, you know, that guy this year. Like, I had him, I honestly was going to put him on my all star team. I really mm-hmm. wanted to. But, you know, the East is so... Like, if he was in the West, he's easy all-star. Yeah. Easy. But this year, the East was so stacked with, like, forwards and big guys, it just wasn't going to happen. But I think he's doing everything... Could you imagine if he actually did this in Dallas? (laughs) Oh, man. He never get traded. Exactly. And... Do you... Okay. Is there any chance that Kyle Kuzma is a wizard next year? Do you think? Yeah. I think I think so. I don't know if uh, he stay there, but I think so. Do you do you want to hear an opinion? Do you you know how they say history repeats itself? I think history is repeating itself in Washington. Okay. Bradley Beal, Gilbert Arenas, okay. Um, 
Kyle Kuzma, Karan Butler. Okay. And then you have Chris Porzingis. Antoine Jameson. Yep. Three guys can put the ball in the bucket. The team's going to be a little below average in general. Except the difference is this time, the East isn't good enough for them to crawl their way into the fifth seed. <laughs> I see it. The thing is, JD, this team isn't that bad around they, the width. I don't think they bad. I think they just got to... It's certain pieces that need to be put in place for them to actually be good. They... So, okay. So, like, we agree. Monte Morris, probably keeper, right? No. For this team? Not as a starter. Well, would you start DeLon Wright? No. But I think DeLon Wright's been really good this year. That's where I make the move to get somebody else, honestly. Fair enough. Um, I think Corey Kispert's been really good this year. I like him. He's got really high basketball IQ, just like in general. Um, I think this team is full of high IQ guys. It's just they're playing Taj Gibson. Hello, Taj. Like, I love Taj too, JD, but Taj was washed three years ago. I won't talk Taj shouldn't be playing. Taj. I'm sorry. I have to call a spade a spade here. This isn't 2011 anymore. It's like there's I'd say there's about six guys on this team that should be playing for them next year. But let me ask you this. Okay. So rank these teams one through four. Okay. We're going to do the same thing we did in the East as we did in the West. We agree. Atlanta and Miami probably aren't falling out of the plan, right? No, absolutely not. <laughs> if anything, Miami's probably going to end up in the sixth seed and Brooklyn's probably going to be in the plan. Okay. So rank these teams one through four. Okay. So I got the Raptors. I got the Bulls. I got the Wizards. And I got the Pacers. One through four. Okay. Bulls, same concept. Same ideas in the West. Which team's going to make the play and which teams are not? Okay. Bulls, Pacers, Raptors, and who? The Wizards. Um. See, this is the thing. All of them are toss up. Well, I think I know who my number one is. If you want to hear my number one, you can tell me if you... All of them are toss-up for me because, like, okay, for instance, we know we know that uh, out of all those guys, like, all those teams' best players... I think all the best players kind of rank around each other. Like Siakam, Van Vliet, DeMar, Levine, a healthy Bradley Beal, Tyrese Halliburton. I think they all like very close, right? 
Fair enough. Yeah, like the Raptors, I want to put them first, but it's like I can't because they should be better than what they are, them and the Bulls, just like the Wizards. I think those three should be better than they are. Instead, I think the Pacers have been playing better than they are. Um, It's a toss-up. I think the Chicago team that we saw beat Philly yesterday could be the best. But at the same time, the Pacers teams that compete versus Boston are so impressive to me. Like, from this season, the Raptors are just confusing. Oh, they confuse me. And the Wizards have their days. It's, it's hard for me to rate them, but if I just have to, I'm going to go... Since we made the trade for Pat Bell, I'm putting us. I'm putting the Pacers last. Bulls above the Pacers. Um. Oh gosh, I think I'm still wrong. Um, no. Okay, take that back. Oh man, I've really vexed you with this one. Yeah, because all of them are, like, in the same category to me. Like, okay, give me Wizards last. Um, uh, Wizards last. I think I agree with your order, except I'd maybe flip the Pacers and the Wizards. I was about to. Only thing is, I trust Tyrese Halliburton so much that everybody ran him going to play better. Yeah, they have that advantage, but I feel like in a slow it down game, you know, Brad's shot creation, even with this hobbled state. Yeah, I think that they got the best three at doing that. But when you got a guard that can literally just make the game easier for you, like this is the best Miles Turner I've ever seen. Um, Buddy Hill is being probably a better version of himself. Uh, I hate saying his name because I know that Pacers fans just so geeked over him. But Mathurin, well, Matherin, uh, I like I like what he does on the floor. Uh, I think I trust that that group with Hallen Burton more than I trust any on the Wizards just simply because they actually got a point guard. I, I can see it. I I think your point's fair. I think the Bulls, just to bring it to them real quick, because we'll talk about them and they're gonna be the last one of the last teams we talk about in the regular season. Um I think the reason why I'd have them first, since they brought in Pat Bev, like you said, they've been a completely different team. Which is not shocking at all. Mm-mm. Like one of the like true culture changers in the NBA. 
Pat and people, people don't want to give him his credit. And I still think they need a little bit of an upgrade at the point guard spot. Or I mean, they have one on their roster. He just is having another knee surgery. We <laughs> decided we didn't want to talk about that again for like the fourth consecutive episode. But, you know, it's... I think they're playing, they're peaking at the right time almost, right? I could see them making the playoffs over a team like Atlanta where they're in a little bit of flux because, you know, they get in the one game scenario and Atlanta just doesn't have the dogs to stop DeRozan, you know, and the Bulls can't stop Trey. Right. And I, I think it's going to be an interesting matchup to see, but I think the Wizards, I personally think the Wizards should have tanked this year, especially with Beal's health, like you said. I mean, what's the difference between him? Why wasn't he just at 40 games again this year? You could have gotten a blue chip prospect. You know, this draft is loaded. (laughs) Like, it's going to be, there's going to be guys that are going to help you right away in this draft. And even if you have a lower draft spot, there's going to be guys that will help you at those lower spots. So maybe it's not the worst thing, but still, I, I don't agree with how the Wizards approach the season at all. I don't really agree with how they've approached their whole franchise in general. Um, you look at the the moves they've made surrounding John Wall with uh, Nene and Marcin Gortat. Not what I do with a fast break point guard. But what do I know? <laughs> <laughs> and we could go back and just rip apart 17 years of Wizards moves. But JD, I know you're really excited to talk about the Clippers. Yes, sir. Ski. Probably the Clippers. Coming out of the All-Star break, we're the coldest team in the NBA. I think we would agree, probably. Um, but since the five-game losing streak, they've won five out of the last six. So, the last five... Um, and the game, let, let's just include this. The game they lost, that man didn't play. Who's shooting 50, 50, 90. Yeah. Um... But still, you know, it's important to record every game because those count for the standings. So last five, they beat the Raptors 108 to 100. Sorry, I forgot the standings. Um, 38 and 34, good for fifth in the Western Conference. Finally, a playoff team. Um, beat the Knicks 106-95. Beat the Warriors 134-126. Held off a Steph 50 burger. Um, beat the Magic, or lost to the Magic 108-113. Like you said, um, we're missing... We're missing the GOAT. Um, and then beat the Blazers 117-102 in Portland. Um, please, let's not talk about Dame. Um, JD, there was a lot of hubbub, let's just say, about bringing in a certain former MVP onto yeah. this roster. Uh-huh. Um, there was a lot of hubbub about Paul or Kawhi's um, injury concerns going into the playoffs and Paul George's too. There was a lot of concern about a lot of, there was a lot of concerns about a lot of things on this roster. Um, Norm Powell's injuries are a concern. Um, Terrence Mann's playing time is a concern, but they seem to be unfazed by it. I mean, 30 and 34 heading into the home stretch in this Western conference. I think you have to be pleased with that given (laughs) all the ups and downs of this season. And there's been a lot of ups and downs this year. Yeah, too many, but 
Honestly, I'm glad they hitting the stride when they are. People might want to talk about Russell Westbrook um, and talk down on him, but let me say this. Russell Westbrook is only in the game at the end of the game when Kawhi PG not playing, and you got to think Norm Powell not playing either. When Norm Powell comes back, Westbrook won't be in the game then. And then, also, if we're going to address Russell Westbrook turnovers, let me address Paul George's. Paul George's is even more critical because you ha- go have the ball in your head uh, in more critical moments. So, uh, I mean, he, Paul George lost in that Sacramento game. The one they lost. Without Which Kawhi. one was it? It was the one without Kawhi. So that was the 127-128 one, right? That was the one... That was, yeah. didn't go to double overtime. Yeah. And even the one with Kawhi. Um, no man, Russell Westbrook made key turnovers in that fourth quarter. But to get off of the negatives, they are finally playing high-intensity defense. And I mean, say what you want, but Russell Westbrook playing – a big part in it because he he just have a never never say die mentality like the hustle that he play with you want to know why that's a bonus with this team because now Kawhi and Paul George don't have to do it every play now you got Terrence Mann who can go out there and do that Russell Westbrook in the game versus um Golden State. You know the reason why he was on the floor and they played that defense versus him? He had four offensive rebounds. Four offensive rebounds from your point guard. That's a plus. Um honestly, he has great he has great on-court chemistry with Paul George that we already know. But honestly, he has good chemistry with Eric Gordon. They play together. I've been liking the the way him and Kawhi play together. It's been situations where I watched both of them run the one-three pick and roll, and it's just for the switch, and Westbrook could play the short roller. When you got him playing the short roller, that's putting a very good playmaker. Yeah, we know he made turnovers, but that's a very good playmaker at the end of the day. And he, he's been making plays. Um I'm I'm very I'm very happy to see uh that they finally picked it up on the defensive end. And they not a team that is gonna take a high-value amount of threes because the opponents are, but they are a team that can knock down a good percentage of threes. And you know who's been benefiting the most from playing with Russell Westbrook? Marcus Morris. He's finally been scoring. You want to know why? Because when you put Westbrook in that short row and Zoo is already in the dunker's box, you're not going to help off Kawhi and Paul George. Facts. And they got Marcus Morris sitting in the corner taking a shot that I watched him. It's a video on YouTube. Westbrook was waiting to shoot. Marcus Morris was shooting in the corner. I think he made, I think they said 26 in a row in the same spot. 
And Westbrook was just getting to the team, encouraging them, saying, those the ones we need. That's the one we're going to need you for. And, you know, Mook came out, and he only had 11 points. But that same shot that he worked on was the dagger and won the, um, I think, the New York game. I've been loving what I see from them. That's why I said I'm going to go watch OKC later because that's who they play. I think this going to be a game where we can – oh, and uh, let me say this. Yeah, um, Steph cut them, but they locked down everybody else. And I mean locked down everybody else. And in their last game, Paul George and Russell Westbrook – put Damian Lillard in hell. Dame had one of the worst shooting nights of the season. And I, I credit you. I'm going to put Dame all NBA first team. Listen, I credit their defense. No, no, listen. The reason why I have to point out that game is because we know Damian Lillard been cooking everybody. He's second in the league in scoring. Because he's been cooking everybody. Only person averaging more points is Joel Embiid. Damian Lillard has been on a tear. What I mean, we saw him go for what sixty with East. Like Dame has been on a tear. So to see two guys that we remember him waving goodbye to, and Paul George's best defensive season. And we saw how he was tearing up Russ Westbrook. To see them just capable of um, slowing him down while he's been on the streak that he's been on, it was very impressive. And I think it was a message to not Damian Lillard, but to other people that the Clippers, is their prioritize a defense. We heard Kawhi and Paul George constantly say it starts with me, it starts on the defensive end. We as the leaders, woo, right? But now we're seeing it translate to not just Nicholas Batum, who we know is a good defender, Eric Gorn. But the thing everybody been killing Westbrook for was he can't play defense. He's been a very solid defender for them. Now, I'm not saying he can go lock nobody down, but he has been able to get nice stops when it when it needed, when needed. He's been able to cover holes, and at least when he gambled now, the rotations that they've been in, he's not gambling and running up the floor like he used to be and hoping that they get the steal so he could get a dunk. He's able to gamble, switch back because he know, okay, they coming up and cover. Robert Covington deserves more clock. His defense has been on point still. Um, where's the where's the time? Okay, where's the time for him? Like Stop. actual question. I'm I'm gonna be honest. I wouldn't play Marcus Morris as many minutes. But the, uh, you can't play too many guys. That's the that's the thing. Like you at might, a certain point, <laughs> you have you have to play Batum, right? You agree Morris deserves minutes, right? Yeah. So you have Kawhi who has to play at the forward spot, and he has to play at least 35 minutes a game. There's a good chunk of your minutes at that spot right there. It's it's tough. Yeah, I, I agree that it's tough, but my thing is when it's been times where Mook has not 
been able to move well on defense versus certain teams. Um, the extra effort on defense not always up up there. We know at the very least this is what Robert Covington can provide if he's not making shots. And I'm just saying, I'm not saying play him. I'm not saying play him a bulk of minutes, but it's just in certain certain games. I think he should have had some clock. But to say this, I do know for a fact it is certain teams out there that Talu especially plays him against. But it's because of those games that I think he might be a good fit in other games. But I'm not going to question Talu. He's a um, champion in recent memory, unlike Doc Rivers. And I think he's probably the best man in the game right now outside of Greg Popovich. And he's actually able to adjust in the game. That's why I value him more than I value others like um, Doc Rivers. And I just want to I just think seeing Rocco a little bit more could benefit them, but then again, I got to put my trust in T. Lou. You're the best mind in the taking shots podcasting game other than I I don't know who. I I think you might be the GOAT. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I got some Clipper stats for you. You ready for some Clipper stats? Yeah, hit me with it. Wait, can can I say the most impressive one to me? Since I'll stop break, averaging 31, 50, 50, 90, 91. That's amazing. Okay. So I'm assuming that's Kawhi, right? Yes, sir. And Paul okay. George putting 20, in, 20 plus points in 12 of the last 13. Amazing. That's what we need. Now I'm done. So all star break, you know, that's like what? That's been nine games. For Kawhi, that's, you know, that's a nice little sample size. My little sample size I'm doing for Kawhi is 38 games. Okay. Okay. That's that's more than a little sample size. That's a pretty decent sample size. That's since December 5th. He's played 38 games since December 5th. Um, 25.6 points a game, 6.6 rebounds, 3.9 assists, 1.6 steals, shooting 51.8% from the field, 43.8% from three. Getting to the line six times a game, shooting 88.6% from the free throw line. That is not what's most impressive to me since then. Actually, there's two things that are more impressive. The most, imp- the, one of the more impressive the things that overall, well, the defense, you know, is whatever. I, Kawhi's not to that, he's not 2017 Kawhi anymore. He's still playing great defense. For him, yes. One of the more impressive stats is that when Kawhi plays this year, they're 28 and 15. Okay. Which by my math means they're 10 and 19 when he sits. Okay. Um, The most impressive stat to me is that since December 5th, Kawhi, the man of missing supposedly a ton of games, has only missed 10 games. Okay. For this stretch run, out of the last 48 games, he's only missed 10 games. Now, you would think, given Kawhi's reputation, it'd be more. Okay, but that shows goes to show. And in this stretch, he's averaging 35 minutes a game. It's not like he's averaging some small amount of minutes. Okay. He is playing a lot. He is playing well. Is he looking like old Kawhi? Not necessarily. But that's to kind of be expected given his age and given, you know, where his 
where we are in his recovery curve, right? I wouldn't be surprised given his injury history if he's out of the league in like three years, right? Just in general. But JD, he's looked great. The footwork is still incredible. Um, and like I said, the durability. We didn't expect this from this guy. He played 46 minutes in the double overtime game. You thought Kawhi would kill, and he played the next game. If you told me in 2021 that Kawhi would play 46 minutes and then play the next game, I would have thought you were crazy. Now, they haven't had a ton of back-to-backs, right? That's been the key. Um, He never plays in back-to-backs, but that's been a thing with him since he was in Toronto. Um, But I think that Kawhi, JD, has taken, I wouldn't say a step, but playing this many games is a hugely encouraging sign. And I'm going to check their schedule. I don't know how many more back-to-backs they even have the rest of the season. I would guess it's not a whole lot. We only have, they only have 10 more games left the rest of the way. So they have one back-to-back left mm-hmm. <laughs> the rest of the season. And it is the last game of the season. I'm guessing Kawhi misses what sits one more game, probably. Yeah. And then he sits probably the first leg of that back to back and plays against Phoenix on April 9th. JD, that's insane. He's probably gonna play 50 games. And if you told me in November that he'd have played 50 games this year, I would have laughed at you. I would have laughed at you. So I think this season was actually huge for Kawhi in the way that I don't think he even understood coming into this year. Mm. That's interesting. I don't know. I think I think with Kawhi, although he say he don't hear everything people say, I think he does. And I think he like to throw it back in people's faces without saying it necessarily. I mean, he wait until he get the end result, you know, like how he did the Spurs after um, he won in Toronto. There was a lot of people doubting me and um, my injuries. You know, that was that was a shot at the Spurs and analysts. I think with what he's doing now, it's intentionally to prove like, when I'm healthy, I'm going to play, and I'm going to be the best player on the floor, both sides. And I think, to bring it back to the Clippers, I think they all bad in because Paul George has been looking amazing. Really, Zubak has been a freaking monster. We know in previous years, he would not have been on the floor in crunch time versus Golden State. But because him just being a defensive presence, a great rebounder, and he can move his feet. Yeah, Steph was cooking him. But I mean, it, when it's Steph Curry, sometimes you just got to say, hey, it's Steph Curry. You know, it's just some plays you just, hey, man. But Zoom is not being outworked by other big men. He, he's... He's been very good this year. Early in the season, I heard somebody say he was a top five big man this year because he started off the season, I think, averaging like 14 and 13. He, he was putting on – he was having a great little streak. But 
it's just so many people and players on that team and just that's just playing the right way. I love Eric Gordon over there. I love what Eric Gordon has been doing over there. Terrence, man, he just continuing to get better. They so deep. And let me say this. I also got to give one more shout out. I mentioned them earlier. But man, Nicholas Batum, I just love what he do on that court. I, I feel like he almost don't do anything wrong. And they only going to get better when Norm Powell get back. That's who I had at six man of the year before that injury. Yeah. Now it's going to probably go to Brogdon by default. Yeah. Because everybody who I had above him, uh, they got hurt, you know? Yeah. So, but, uh, yeah, man, I just, I, I have to take that with. Looking at that team, I just, I just love, love what they doing. I want to talk about big picture questions with the Clippers because we've been talking about big picture questions with the other teams, right? But I, I, I want to talk about Terrence Mann real quick because I feel like he's kind of getting a raw deal with all the depth they have. I don't think I'm wrong to say that Terrence Mann is probably the best young player that they've had. No, because they had Shay. Probably- well, okay. The best young player that they've kept <laughs> since Blake. The best young player they didn't trade away. Um, If he was on his own team, he would probably be averaging like 18 points a game. I, I really don't think he... I really think he could do what Tyrese Maxey is doing. And that's not insult I, I to Tyrese Maxey. I agree. It's just how good I think Terrence Mann is. And... I think that you give this guy more rope and he could do some amazing stuff. And the problem is, is there's only one basketball, right? And you look at the field goal temp distribution on this team. Okay. So you have Hawaii or you have Paul George with 18 attempts a game. Hawaii at 17. Hal at 12. Russ is already at 11.5. Morris is at 10. Um, When John Wall and Reggie, you know, they aren't there anymore, but when they were there, 9.9, 9.8. Eric Gordon's already taking eight a game. Um, Bones Highland <laughs> shooting seven times in 14 minutes a game. Now, that his he's only played five games, so. But Zubach shooting 6.7 times. Man, 6.6. Uh, they have a lot of guys that want to shoot the ball, is my point. Like, when Kennard was there, he needed to shoot the ball. Boston, when he's in the game, he wants to shoot the ball. But two... Mm-hmm. Like, it's just so many guys that want to shoot the basketball. And I I, I want to see Man on a team where he can spread his wings. And I think he was doing that when he was starting. Right. When he was starting, I, I really think Russ, I'm not going to hate on Russ. I think Russ has looked really good. You know, just to bring it back to him real quick. You brought you talked about him at the beginning. I just want to say. Um, he's doing a really good job of moving in open space, you know, taking advantage of that space in a way he wasn't doing in Los Angeles <laughs> or for oh, the Lakers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's still in Los Angeles. Um, that being said, I would have just written it out with Terrence Mann. I think high upside. I, I just don't know if you could have gone wrong with it, but time will tell. Um, and like you said, Zubach been awesome this year. 
he's the most underrated center in the league. He's better than Jakob Pertl. I don't know why people are talking yeah. about Jakob Pertl so freaking much, man. He's not that good. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think um, it's even close. He's so much better than Pertl. It's not even funny. Um, and there's like just a like I've heard other media members, let's say, talking about how Pertl can swing title races. No. No, Pearl could not um, have sw- swung title races. I'm sorry. He's not that good. It was the reason he was traded so many times. Right. Come on now. Um, my big picture question for the Clippers is this. Okay. First, I, I guess I have a couple. So right now they're in the fifth seed. Um, but, you know, that's liable to change. They're half game behind the Suns. Um, looks like a game and a half ahead of the Warriors. Or a half game. Or yeah, game and a half ahead of the Warriors. Two games ahead of the Mavericks. Um, The Kings and the Grizzlies are just out of, like, they're on their own tier in terms of the standings. Right. But the Grizzlies, the Nuggets are catchable now, by the way. Um, They're only three and a half games ahead of the Grizzlies. Just a little FYI for you people paying attention out there. I hope the Grizzlies catch them, to be honest. It's not the insurmountable lead that it once was. Um, first of all, would a Clippers Sun series in the first round be one of the most, especially if KD comes back, would that be one of the most fun first round series we've had since Spurs Clippers in 2015? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was, I've been thinking that for the longest. Second of all, okay. What do the Clippers need to like what percent chance would you give them of making the finals? Oh man. And then winning it once they get there, if they get there. Um um, that's tough. Um do you want me to go first and let you think about it? I'm gonna say only team I really think can knock them out. I don't see Denver being able to do it no more. At first, I did. Well, um, Jokic is still such a bad matchup for them. Like even yeah, with Jokic, Jokic, a terrible matchup for them. Only thing is, I think Jokic dominate and you take care of everybody else. We saw that work with a Steph Curry. Who's who I would take as a better offensive player than Jokic? Um, Memphis, I think, as everybody else has stated, they immaturity will ruin them. And um, plus, no Brandon Clark. Yeah, Sacramento, tough because of the fast pace that they play at. But I think seven game series Clippers beat them. Um. KD, let's let's assume KD is healthy. That's the team. That's the team. I honestly, them and go to state. One being KD healthy. Now we got somebody that we can say can match Kawhi. Without KD, they cook. Well, you know, you know why the um the Clippers should be scared of the Warriors is because the Clippers don't have an actual home court, so. The Warriors' road struggles won't apply in Los Angeles. 
Yeah, like they 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 freaking it's it's nothing for San Francisco to uh area to go to LA. Like they're found with that. It'll literally be the way it was the last game they played, just ah, ah and have you ever met a Clippers fan? Yeah, myself. Not just playing. Um genuinely no. Yeah. Honestly haven't. Um Yeah, and that's that's where I'd be. Listen, Golden State LA is impossible till the conference finals right now. Yeah, and I like but, I think Phoenix is the only one that um, I'm worried about if KD come back and he's healthy. Cause Aiden, he's not gonna do nothing. He's a baby. Um Chris Paul washed, but I really, I really want to hang on the two way of Kawhi and PG said that's what to do it, but just being honest and real, um, I want to say they got an edge there. Plus, Phoenix bench is terrible, but when you got somebody like Kevin Durant and David Booker who could just put buckets on your top. It's going to be like, that's just tough, you know, like they just going to be tough, like regardless of how bad anybody else doing. When you got those two guys, it's just going to be tough. Now, I don't think they got anybody that could guard Kawhi or Paul George either. But we know Kawhi Paul George going nine times out of ten exert more energy than those two trying to defend them because they'll put Kevin Durant on Marcus Morris versus Kawhi and Booker probably guard Westbrook versus PG. And they'll, you know, they I don't know, they'll trust Chris Paul before. You know, it's just, I don't know. We don't know what type of matchups Phoenix going to have. We only got a three-game sample size out of them, so... But if they got to trust Tway Craig to uh, make shots, give me the Clippers at six. Incredible. Um, it's going to be interesting to watch the Clippers in the playoffs. Um, we're not going to know the standings, like, I don't think until the last day of the season. Because right now, there's still four games separating the Suns and the Pelicans. Like, we were talking about all these teams realistically there's a chance the jazz get fourth. like we were talking about earlier in the show we don't i think jd and i will go out on a limb and say the jazz aren't going to be the fourth seed no but there's a world in which they do it like jumping five teams is hard to get all the way to four yeah but they could do it right it's not out of the realm of possibility so i'm not saying it's not impossible it's whatever um so that's how tight the West is. The East is a little less tight. Um, right now we got Boston. Boston, I believe, is second. Milwaukee has two and a half games ahead of them, and Philly is a half game behind Boston. Philly and Boston, I think, are gonna flip plot between half home court in the second round. And I think Milwaukee. JD, I think Milwaukee might win 60 games. Oh, man, they and the rate they're going they at, they're probably going to win good. 60. <laughs> they looking real good. So, um, I think we're all done on the power hour. Do you realize we only have two more weeks worth of teams? Because 
I'm going to have Dylan Hughes joining me to talk about some of the bad teams um, to knock them. You don't have to talk about the Spurs, the Magic, or the Pistons. You're welcome. Thank you. I hate all. Uh, but he is going to talk about the 76ers with me. No, nope, so no, nope, fi- nope, I'll be on. I'll, JD, I figured, you know, if I was going to make him talk about three bad teams, I might as well throw him a bone. <laughs> You're right. You're right. Can't be selfish. I'll be a right. team player. <laughs> Thank you. So our teams are next week. Actually, I brought up the Bulls in a couple of weeks. The Bulls will be next week. Okay. Along with the Suns and the Nets. Okay. Um, I like that. We can't keep putting the Suns off. I don't think Katie's coming back in the regular season. I don't want him to come back this year at all. I feel like... <laughs> I feel like... I feel like it was a terrible trade and um um it's still free bridges for Cam Johnson. Right. Go back then, get the both to contenders. Just my Phoenix. Screw Phoenix. Our last week is gonna be the Bucks, Nuggets, and Mavericks before we preview the playoff matchups, I'm pretty sure, given the way our schedule is going. So um it's gonna be a wild ride. Between now and the end of the season, JD, um, what do you have coming up on facts and stats? Man, what's crazy is uh, I actually just finished doing some work with uh somebody, and the next episode coming out will be about healing generational curses, breaking very nice. generational curses. So I'm excited. I expect to see that in my inbox soon. Yeah. Um, um, I'll be looking forward to listening to that. Um, make sure you check that out. Make sure you listen to um, Lynn Sanity, college basketball, JD. Gary, Indiana, very well represented in the tournament. I know you're probably excited about that. Yeah, man. Um, we had uh, DeAndre Ghoster who played for Missouri. They was just kicked out. Then uh, the one that's become the household name, Janelle Davis, Lil Nelly. Uh, I went to I went to a school with both of them actually. Uh, Nelly was graduating middle school and I graduated high school, but I, I saw him play a little bit. And uh, Dre was two years underneath me. So I saw him a lot. We actually got in a gym together. So, uh, yeah, um, obviously I'm loving what I'm seeing. And uh, let's go Florida Atlantic University. The the official team of the Power Hour. Um, we're going to be rooting for them until they're eliminated. Hopefully, hopefully they win the championship. Um, yeah, I only got two see- teams out there, them and Alabama. And did you Lear- see what <laughs> did you see what Janelle said in the um Yes, bro. <laughs> hey, I retweeted it. I love it. What was it like? Oh, you know. I've been saying this shit since what was day it ex- one. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't remember what exactly he said, but when I saw it on social media, I was dying. Yeah, yeah. So I've he's- been saying this shit since day one. <laughs> and the and the reporter's like, don't worry, it's on true TV. <laughs> So it was, that was incredible stuff. Um, so make sure you're checking out Lynn Sanity for awesome coverage of college basketball, even though Caleb Lynn is a clown. Um, <laughs> I'll love Caleb. And make sure you check out Circle City Cinema. Um, lots of shows going on right now. Mandalorian season three is out. 
And then also Succession season four, I will be doing shows with Zach Griffith um, starting next week. So JD, lots of stuff coming up on the Power Out or on the Running Hook Podcast Network. Yeah, thank man. you so much. For, <laughs> thank you so much for joining me. Oh man, of course, bro. This was another banger, and I just feel like if people not tuned in now, then don't try to ride the wave when we get to the top because we definitely getting there for real. And thank you all so much for listening. 